Score Sports Now podcast. We cover New Jersey, New York, and beyond. I'm Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan. And we have our own John McAlevey on the phone. Today we'll uh, talk about the Final Four, the wrap-up of the hockey season. We'll sprinkle a little baseball in there as well. I'd like to start the show with the Devils last night. Matt and uh, Nick uh, Suriano and Anthony Ashinaw came to the Rock, and uh, I just, you know, for a Rockers fan, a Rockers alum, I mean, it was just huge that we had two national champions in wrestling this year. I mean, we need a winning culture at Rockers, and, you know, the wrestling program has been fantastic. I mean, the Big Ten is loaded. Rockers ended up ninth in the country, and two national champions, and it's just fantastic. Ashnell had a phenomenal year. He was undefeated, just dominated. Nick Suriano uh, came back. He made the finals uh, last year. I lost to Spencer Lee of Iowa, and then he came back and just uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary final for him. He wins in overtime 4-2. And I'm just as, I'm just proud as a, as a Rutgers alum, you know, to have two national champions. Both New Jersey guys yep. and the New Jersey Devils embrace all that is Jersey. So it was nice of them to come uh, and uh, invite them. That They were there along with the coaching staff. I'm not sure who else was there from the team, if anybody, but they received devil's jerseys from a Jersey guy, Kenny Agostino. So yeah, it was a Jersey on the back, which was cool. Yeah. Johnny, what do you think? First and only blog with baseball underway, March madness down to the final four that kicked off with a wrestling story. What do you think, Johnny? Do you think we set a record? (laughs) I think that's absolutely right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolute must. We haven't brought up, uh, you know, I, I did an article on it and then just really excited about the two of them. And, uh, and why, why don't we just segue right in? Cause we got, we'll get to the final four and we'll get a little baseball going too, but let's segue right into the devils, Matt. And, you know, they're wrapping up the rest of the season. It's been a disappointing season. I mean, you know, with the playoffs last year, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking that you thought they'd go back to the playoffs this year, take a step up. And they in fact didn't, uh, what, uh, what was the problems this year? Well, actually, what I thought is they would battle for a playoff spot. There were a lot of things that went right last year. They had their first ever league wide MVP. They got off to the best start in franchise history. And they were the beneficiaries of the number one overall pick in the June 17 draft. So add that all up. And I thought, you know, um, they're going to, they're, they're going to maybe make the playoffs this Mm -hmm. year. They only made the playoffs by one point last season. So with all those things going their way, there was no reason to think that they were going to have such a dramatic rise that they were a sure thing. But I did not. No one saw this fall from grace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a disappointing season. The goaltending was not good. People like to blame that a lot. And it was a problem early on. No question about it. But overlooked is the fact is that the defense has not been very good. It's been better. You know, once the, the horse was out of the barn. It got a lot better, but by then it was too late. They had dug themselves too deep of a hole. They can't outscore their mistakes. This will be a summer of change. There will be more players coming in. The one good thing that they got out of this year, well, first off, they'll have a really good draft choice mm-hmm. based on a poor performance. May even have the number one pick. The NHL's draft lottery is next Tuesday. So we'll see where the Devils fare there. Maybe they'll have luck again and move up to the number one spot, and they'll select Jack Hughes, who is everyone's darling in this year's draft class. But beyond that, they got to look at some of their younger players, and you never want to discount someone who's 20 or 21 and say, we know what your ceiling is. 
But you do find out a lot about some of these guys. And what we found out is that some are not going to be NHLers, certainly not going to have regular careers there. And others are exactly what they showed themselves to be this season, which is a bottom six forward type or a lower pair defensively type. And you need those guys. There's no question. You have to fill out the lineup. But the top end talent is not really there. So there's more work to do. And Taylor Hall had a huge season last year. To the question, Matt. What uh, what do you see as the biggest area uh, needing uh, of improvement next year? Are there certain players that uh, that you they will look to see to maybe bring on board? Where where would you go if you were waving the magic wand? Well, the first thing, John, it begins with Taylor Hall and his return to health. He has been out since December twenty third eventually had knee surgery and now everyone will look to see whether or not he signs an extension this summer he has one year left on his contract Uh, according to the cba he is not eligible to sign an extension until july 1st so that certainly bears watching assuming that he will be back at least for next year uh and if he doesn't sign a contract we'll see how the devils view that um it means that someone doesn't like someone one side or the other is not happy with the with the other side of the table but at any rate assuming he comes back that'll elevate they'll get a good draft choice depending on who they get if they can get this jack hughes for instance or this capo caco who's a finish uh forward uh, then they'll be better served because their offense will be better those two guys can pretty much step in right away the others might take a little time to come in by that i mean a year or so uh they will be active in the free agent market it is better than last year look they have to improve their defense they have to improve their scoring i'm not sure which is easier to do they will continue to hope for internal growth from players like nico heischer and jesper brett miles wood took a step back uh if he can return to last year's level or a little bit above that that will certainly be a benefit i think though that defense is where they're going to have to focus on if you can if you take the ice as they did last year knowing that you're solid there You don't worry about scoring as much when you know you've got holes and you know that there's a chance you're going to have to score three or more just to give yourself a chance. That's an awful lot to ask unless you're a high-flying team like Tampa Bay, for instance, uh, or the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the Devils are not going to be able to patch all their holes offensively. So I I think they'll look to improve defensively, get a more mobile defense, a younger defense, and uh, go from there. Yeah, and I was going to mention uh, Taylor Hall because he had a huge season last year and, uh, you know, just was battling injuries and uh, and uh, tough spot for him, right, going into, a, a, you know, I mean, his bargaining power now. I mean, what do you have right now? I mean, is he going to come back to 100% next year or is there questions about presu- that? Or? No, I would presume so. I mean, it, it was, you know, arthroscopic surgery. It mm-hmm. wasn't a real deep dive into his knee. Now, he's had some knee issues previously, so that always raises – a red flag. You've got an issue with uh, the fact that, uh, you know, is he going to get an eight-year deal? Uh, We have seen that when you get to your early 33 years of age uh, Mm. to mid-30s, when you get in that area, you start to decline. It's just that kind of a game. It's so fast and the young, the youth will be served. Mm. So are you paying him for the first four or five years and then whatever you get the final three, which is not to say that he'll decline to the point where he's worthless. It's just that you'll be overpaying in all likelihood. Statistically, it has shown that you'll be overpaying for what he gives you Mm -hmm. uh, in the later stages of that, that term. So no, I don't think there's any concern about what he might do next year or the year after physically. So that, 
that's not what they will debate. I think there are a couple of things. I think Taylor Hall has to decide if he's going to hitch his wagon to the New Jersey Devils. Does he like what he sees? Does he look at last year as being the norm? Does he look at this year as being the norm? Is it somewhere in between? Mm -hmm. Does he like the players he plays with? I think he likes Hoboken, which is where he lives. I think he likes the anonymity with which uh, playing for the New Jersey Devils is attached. I just don't know whether or not he wants to hook himself up for eight years with this franchise. It's the only team at this point that can offer him eight years, so there'll be more money on the table with the Devils than anyone Mm -hmm. else. And, uh, you know, he had a fantastic season last year. And, look, they made the playoffs, so uh, it's certainly a better team with them. So we'll uh, we'll see how that all uh, plays out. How about a quick word on the Rangers who won't make the playoffs this year? First either. time and... since the Devils came to New Jersey that neither the <laughs> Rangers nor the Devils will be in the playoffs, which is pretty amazing. One or the other, and more often than not, both were in the playoffs. But for the first time since the 82-83 season, neither team will be in the postseason. They are wow. similar. To, yeah, yeah, they are. Si- yeah, they're similar to the Devils. They are in a rebuilding mode. I, I honestly think because the Devils began this a few years ago, that they may be a little bit ahead of the Rangers. Now, a couple of things can dramatically change that. If the Rangers win the lottery, they get this Jack Hughes. Uh, Their owner, uh, Jimmy Dolan, certainly has shown that he will spend to the limit, so they won't be afraid to drag some free agents to New York. The lure of playing in the Big Apple is great, so they could have a quicker rebuild. That being said, they've got older guys who no longer can perform at an elite level. I'm not sure that Kevin Shattenkirk, for instance, on defense was ever an elite defenseman. Henrik Lundqvist is no longer an elite goalie. Uh, Both of them have two years left on their contract at significant numbers. Uh, So they've got a Mark Stahl, who's got at least another year on his contract, an aging defenseman. So they may have to continue to blow things up before they turn things around. But the Islanders are a good local story, at least, and certainly... Uh, as, as opposed to the Rangers and, uh, and Devils, right? So uh, wh- wh- how do you see the Islanders? Uh, they have been one of the surprise teams. Mm-hmm. I think when they brought in Barry Trotz as their head coach, uh, they improved things dramatically of, over Doug Waite. They also have Lou Lamorello as their mm-hmm. general manager, and, and he made some moves in the summer, but more what he brought was a sense of now we're taking this seriously. But his best deal was getting Barry Trotz after he refused to re-sign with the Washington Capitals following their Stanley Cup championship. So That good of a coach, huh? He's very good, and he tightened things up defensively. He gave them a system. He gave them some structure. Lou did sign Robin Leonard as a goalie. Uh, no one expected him to have this kind of year. Uh, he's had a terrific year. It's just a one-year deal. So, yeah, a lot of magic. They can't score either, but their defense has been solid. Their goaltending has been good. Mm-hmm. They're no threat to win the Stanley Cup, quite frankly. Right. Uh, the, the East is way too strong. Uh, that's not to say that they can't make a little noise and get to the second round. Well, at least they're in there, so uh, yep. we'll, we'll see how the Islanders uh, fare. Uh, let's. Hey, can, I, can I just go yep. on record for the NHL draft, fellas? If I have the top pick, I'm going Capo Caco, just because the name is phenomenal. <laughs> there you go. I call it. That is a great name. I like that, yeah. although everyone tells you, John, it will be Jack Hughes. Uh-huh. Yes. I figured that would be the case. But Who's a generational? As a, as a play-by-play guy, it would be fun, I'm sure, to... Scream out, Capo Caco. Uh, no, for sure. And now, is he like a Connor McDavid type player? Is he a generational guy? Or? Not talked about uh, that uh, way, no, no. but okay. talked at maybe just a, a, st- a notch below. But, mm-hmm. you know, fabulous speed, vision, hands, terrific okay. score, mm-hmm. engine. Uh, he's got it all. Uh, Connor McDavid's a big guy. 
like Jack Hughes is not. He's he's slighter of build. So it, it might be, listen, anyone who gets him is getting a great player. And look what Edmonton's yeah. done with a generational player. Mm. Nothing. Yes, and we're going right. to talk Final Four in a minute. Frozen Four is coming up this weekend, and PC is going to be back in at the Friars. We'll be uh, really? representing uh, Hockey East. So they're, awesome. uh, they're back in it trying to to win themselves another national championship on the ice. Yeah, actually, one of the things, John, is that the Frozen Four won't be held this weekend. It'll be fall. It'll be held the following weekend. What the NCAA has done, and it's a terrible injustice to the hockey community and to the players on those teams, is after they have the regionals, because this weekend, of course, is the basketball Final Four, they don't want to have a conflict. Now, I'm not sure... Ah. How much of one audience would go to the other? I think it might be a matter of NCAA logistics more than anything else. And so they always push it off to the week after. So it's really unfortunate that you have four championships that were decided over this past weekend. And now you have to wait two weeks for a championship to be crowned. But yes, your PC Friars are in there, uh, along with the University of Minnesota at Duluth. And uh, they will be joined by Denver. And I'm trying to think. It escapes me. I can't recall the fourth team either. I don't know. I, I should know it. But at any rate. Um, yes. I just assumed it would be this weekend. Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, everybody thinks that it's not. Let's turn yeah. to the final four. We got a, wow, a Auburn, a Cinderella story of the bunch. The fifth seed going up against the number one seed, Virginia. Do you think they got a chance, Johnny? I do. I do. They're, and listen, they're playing well. They come from. Uh, a terrific conference. I mean, where you're getting beat up game in and game out and they're playing their best basketball. I think right now, Bruce Pearl demands everything from his players. And right now he's getting exactly what he needs. And why wouldn't you think that they could continue to play well? I mean, Bryce Brown is, mm -hmm. is playing at a, at a high uh, rate right now. And their guard, Jared Harper mm -hmm. is really running the show. He's pulling all the strings. It will hurt. Unfortunately, they lost one of their versatile players, Chuma Okiki, tore his ACL over the weekend. That was a big loss. But um, it didn't slow them down. They were able to come back and beat Kentucky. And uh, we know one thing in that first game, it will be a sea of orange as Auburn and Virginia kick it off. And that kid, that kid, they wheeled him out, and he did not seem happy, right? I mean, no, on, on the one hand, you, you were thinking maybe he'd have um, the, you know, the good spirit, the good vibe, smiling, come on, guys. But there was a look on his face like, what am I doing here? My leg uh, is tied up. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't straighten my leg out, and my team is out there on the court in a dramatic game. He did not look happy to be there. No, he didn't. They said he watched the first half uh, at the hotel, and then – for some reason or another, I guess, I don't know if they said he wanted to come or his players, his buddies were asking him to get there. But, uh, yeah, he, he seemed like he he did not, he wanted to be anywhere but sitting behind that bench. Yeah, on the court or on the bench, but not behind it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he probably couldn't see. Those are big guys. <laughs> They're the worst there. seats, man. They are. Now, speaking of guards, you know, Virginia's loaded with them, too. Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome. They're, they're a good team, man. Uh, remember, they got knocked out last year. There's a number one seed. First time that happened. So, they, you know, they made amends, right? They get to the final they four. They sure did. And yeah. uh, a very good team, you know, well coached. So, uh, we'll see. 
We'll see how that goes down. Uh, Texas Tech, man, how good is that team? I mean, so we watch all the, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're following the Big East, we're following the Big Ten, I mean, the Big Twelve. You're not watching, and you see them in the in the, in the tournament, and you're like, wow, this is a good team. I mean, they're 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 long, tall, they're uh, they're quick, great defense. I mean, they whooped Michigan, and now, uh, man, I'll tell you what, that's that's a matchup, man. That, that uh, Michigan State is. I mean, Cassius Winston, I mean, uh, I mean, the guy plays with so much confidence. you got a point guard who can play like that. And, you know, you know, Nick Ward's healthy now. Xavier Tillman, they're, they're well coached, obviously. So that's going to be a great matchup. You would have to think so. I mean, Texas Tech, again, plays in a great conference, uh, the Big 12, and, and they were making noise all season long. A lot of people don't watch those games. They're on usually – the uh, 9 o'clock or the 9.30 tip on ESPN during the regular season just because of where they are. And um, Chris Beard's a heck of a coach. He's probably going to win the National Coach mm-hmm. of the Year this year. Um, everybody knows the name Jared Culver because he's probably going to yeah, be a top you know, 10 or 15 yeah, draft pick. He's but, a star. You know, mm-hmm. Making his way in there is a, is a St. John's transfer, Tariq Owens. I mean, he blocks everything. He led the Big East and blocks uh, last year, and he's, he's doing a bean his pole. thing. Excuse me? He's a beanpole, man. The guy's like, you know, super skinny, tall as can be. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And he he is like sort of the centerpiece of that defense. What they like to do is they like to funnel everything towards the baseline and because they know he's going to be around there to uh, to clean up any messes. Like if a, if a guard gets beat off the dribble, you're going to have to run into that guy. And as you said, he's a beanpole. He blocks a ton of shots. He makes some threes every once in a while. Their guards are really good, though. Matt Mooney and uh, and uh, Moretti, the point guard, can mm-hmm. shoot lights out. They're a scary team. I mean, I thought after they annihilated Michigan, I mean, they annihilated Michigan. They I did. thought that that may have been, hey, listen, they had their game. And, you know, Gonzaga's playing really well. They were really held Gonzaga in check as well. It was I was very surprised at that one. And so... It uh, it should be an interesting matchup, but t- listen, Tom Izzo is the master right now. And I'll be a Big Ten homer here. I'm going to go with Michigan State going all the way. I think Cassius Winston is the best point guard. I think you have great point guard play. You know, a lot of times you win. Uh, you know, they're healthy again. Nick Ward's healthy. I mean, they're big enough inside. Xavier Tillman's tough too. I mean, I, Texas Tech is awfully good, but I, I just think that I think that Izzo will have an answer. And uh, yeah, I got a little uh, Big Ten bias going. So I'll be rooting for Michigan State for well, sure. Well, I mean, they're a good team. I yeah, mean, there's, no, there's no question. There's, you're not yeah. pulling a name out of the hat. Yeah. Uh, and I think they can play good defense, too. I I was watching that Duke game, and, and I, I was frustrated as could be because I, I'm not sure about their offense. Now, it was much better in the second half, but Duke kind of stymied them in the first. Mm-hmm. They kind of figured things out a little bit. And then down the stretch, listen, they made the big three when it counted. But – they, nobody looked like they wanted to shoot the ball. Nobody mm-hmm. on that team. I mean, it was just a poorly run offense that eventually they did make the big three and on they go. But uh, I would, I have them winning. I, I picked them in my bracket to go all the way. I had them upsetting Duke in this round. Uh, all right. I, I will mention I have three of the four teams in the final four I picked. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I had uh, I had uh, Texas Tech, I had Virginia, and I had Michigan State. I have Michigan State beating Virginia in the final. But at any rate, pretty tough to call Auburn, right? I mean, they, they went on a run. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I thought they were going to lose a little earlier. Uh, but that being said, as much as Michigan State is my pick, 
I'm wary of the defense that can be played against them. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Mm-hmm. Let well, me ask you guys the ending of the Purdue um, the Purdue game with uh, with Virginia. Box as out, coach, baby. As yeah. a coach, I'm screaming when they go ahead by three. First of all, the kid uh, Ryan Klein, who could not miss a shot against Tennessee, who I had going to the final mm-hmm. four. I mean, he shot four threes. Some of them, it looked like he was had his back turned to the basket and threw it over his head, and they still switched him. Oh, he did it but all season. He, Watched him all season, he, and then he, he he stands at the line there with a chance to put them up two possessions with seven seconds left. Swishes the first one, misses the second one, which sets up the old okay. What do you do? Are you going to let them shoot a three and tie a chance to tie, or are you going to foul? I'm screaming at the TV set to foul, which they did. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Ty Jerome goes to the free throw line, makes the first one. Now he has to miss the second. They have to tip the ball out, get it, and put it back in. And that what what ensued there was absolute mania, and it worked at the buzzer. But how about that guard who grabbed it? Um, his name escapes me right now. I, he had the the wherewithal to throw it in to get and find. Uh, and find a, a shooter instead of just chucking it was just amazing. Yep. It was amazing play by him. My goodness. Well, what happened was it was amazing. If you listen to the call, Brian Anderson on the call screams as the shot goes in for the win. And, and yeah. I saw him interview. <laughs> yeah, he was totally after. off on that. Yeah, he was, he was completely off. But I, I saw him interviewed afterwards, and he said that that was in his frame of mind because in no way did he think that that guard, it was Kihei Clark, was going to pass the ball. He thought it right. was just going to be, okay, the shot's going to go up and it's going to be from way out, which would have been a three-pointer that would have won the game. And that's the way he, he said it. Right. But, I mean, you're right. The, the wherewithal to see an open teammate and to think, okay, three, two, <laughs> one, I still have time to get him the ball. And then it went in at the buzzer. I mean, you could have never drawn that up that again. Was amazing. And I still will foul. Ten times out of ten when I'm up three in that little time. And Purdue has just got to be smarting after that one. My goodness, that's a tough way to go, you know? Oh, I mean, it had to be horrible. a perfect – they'd make a perfect play to tie it. Horrible. It, it would be amazing. Especially after Carson Edwards scores 42 yep. points. He was unconscious. <laughs> no, unbelievable. Well, give us, oh. uh, give us a winner, Johnny. We like Michigan State. Matt already picked Michigan State in his bracket. I'm running with him because I'm a Big Ten front runner. Who do you like? Listen, uh, Tom Izzo is the man. I mean, oh, wow. Until someone can knock him out, I got to go with Tom Izzo. He's the guy. Sentimentally, I'd like to see Tony Bennett win just because I think he's a super guy. I met him uh, some years back when my old college roommate played with him on the Charlotte Hornets, and he's a super, super guy. I like right. the way he runs his program. There, there's a clean program. There's never any um, and never any problems there. I like the whole dynamic with his father, who was a great coach. So I'm going to go with Michigan State over uh, Virginia in a one-point game because I like both of them, and uh, we'll see what happens. How about right. you guys? I, again, I like uh, I like Michigan State. I think again, I think Virginia will beat Auburn, and I, and I like Michigan State in the final. And I think that's where you picked in your bracket there. Yeah, uh, so Matt, I can't so, go against yeah. it. Uh, although I think Michigan State has to be concerned about mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Yeah. Their their yeah. defense is ferocious. Awfully good, man. I mean, and you know, you're seeing it. I, for me, seeing it for the first time in the, uh, in the in the tournament. So, um, we'll see. So with, there it is, a clean sweep, which means we just jinxed Sparty, didn't we? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, let's turn to baseball. I mean, what, what can you get in a in a in a week? But uh, there you go, uh, Matt. The Mets three and one. So nice start. Yeah, and good start. Remember last year's start, that's all I'll say, mm-hmm. although there's a different feel around this club. I mean, Peter Alonso has gotten out of the gate with a bang. Uh, the pitching has been good enough, so mm-hmm. let's see what happens. I will just say, remember their start last year. A little surprised that the Yankees dropped 2-3 or three at home against Baltimore. It was supposed to be awful, but look at what happened, man. A lot of runners left on base, a lot of swinging and missing, which was the concern for the Yankees. So, you know, hey, we're only a week in. They're a fright. It's a frightening lineup, and the potential is frightening. But that well, was not a good start. Watch out for the injuries, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, now they're all getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. Not a good thing that Miguel Andujar. That that could be. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take it easy. They're gonna go. You know, see if rest is the key. But if rest is not the key, and he doesn't respond, that could be the whole season. He could be out for the year. Yep. And uh, and that's not good. I mean, a young player who had a phenomenal rookie season. You want to see him him build on that and if he's going to be out for a long period of time listen they still have plenty of sticks in that lineup but mm-hmm. as far as his progression as a young player you don't want to have to see him sit out a season yeah and they lost uh, stanton for a bit now uh so they lose another stick and they're pitching i, I said it earlier yeah. their starting pitching scares me but they are deep and they have money to spend and it is early Yep, Speaking that, of starting pitching that scares you, have you noticed what's been going on with the world champion yeah, Red Sox? One and four. S- sale gets shelled. Not looking good. Um, oh, my yeah. gosh. They can't get an out. Their starters have been <laughs> yeah. awful. Yeah. So, uh, not one, a- one uh, loop through the rotation from Sale to, uh, to Rodriguez. And, mm-hmm. and even last night, it looked like um, – David Price had a quality start going, only two runs, five and two-thirds, and boom, a two-run homer. Yeah. So it shows up as four runs, and then they give up three more in the eighth. Uh, they the can't wheels do fell anything off. right yeah. now. No. When they score no. runs, they can't pitch, and when they pitch, they uh, can't score runs. So, listen, it's four games into the season, yeah. five games in, but it's not pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. We're a week in, but you know, not a good start for you know the Yanks or or the Sox. Sox have been horrible. And Boston and, starts yep. their first 11 games on the road. That's not yeah. uh, And the West Coast, West Coast to boot. And Seattle's good. It's not it's not an easy Seattle, start. Yeah, I mean, by listen, any means. they sure look like yep. uh world beaters against Boston. I, I don't know how uh-huh. you know good they're going to be during the season, but they they didn't miss. I mean, home run after home run yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And we'll see, but the Mets uh Mets are looking good. Um, you know, maybe uh Maybe fortunes will change there. It's going to be uh, exciting to to watch them this season, Matt. I'm intrigued by Peter Alonso. I like this yeah. guy. I, I like everything about him. I like that he he was really ticked off that they didn't bring him up in September, and rather than go ahead and pout, he he had a good off season. He raked in spring training and he made the team on his own. And he's uh, he's going to be a nice breath of fresh air because he's a big big guy who can who's a big country strong guy and it sounds like he's got a motor on him which is what a a, a team like that needs is a, is a young guy coming up that's going to fuel some of the older guys and Robbie Cano had a great start let's see he's still got some uh, some juice left in that and so we'll see where they go from here yeah there's there's reason for optimism no question about it um all I'll say is we'll see. They seem to have improved. To me, Alonzo is, is, has just been terrific, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to doubt that uh, he will be the real deal, whatever that means. But I think he's certainly proven, uh, and his, his trajectory would tell you he's a major league player. But 
they they've they've got some holes in that lineup in other spots. Their pitching is what's going to have to sustain them. So, you know, we'll see. It's way too early. You have to let the season play out, man. It's 162 yeah. games. It's you know, it's a daily layer, layer upon layer upon layer. It's not a chapter like it is in basketball or or hockey or 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 in football. It's it's just a much more subtle dynamic and it just takes a long time to really know what you got. Long time. And, and we'll see. Yes, they're early in the season, but uh, it's certainly uh, certainly uh, exciting. So uh, that'll do it for this uh, week's podcast. Check us out, our site, moresportsnow.com. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. So check out all our social media platforms, and we'll be back next week with plenty more sports talk. I'm Steve with Matt Lachlan here and uh, John Mackley. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.